0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.
1: Hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 515 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We are out there raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country, and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups are developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. Now, you can visit engageforsuccess.org to learn more, and while you're there, why not sign up for our weekly newsletter so you never miss out on any of our great free resources, events, and updates. And I'm Andy Gorham, your host for today's show and founder of BizJuicer, an employee engagement retention consultancy that helps companies define, create and sustain enabling cultures where their talent stays and thrives and deliver repeatedly fabulous brand experiences for their customers. Now, today, we're going to have a different kind of show. I am delighted to be joined by one of my co-hosts of Engaged Success Radio, the wonderful joe moffett and today we are going to take the opportunity to take a break from hosting all of our fabulous wonderful guests and just have a natter ourselves about what's going on in the world of employee engagement retention and culture and and why we all still need to work very hard on keeping this stuff high up on the agenda hey joe how are you doing i'm
0: i'm doing fine thanks Sandy, and um what a refreshing uh, thing it is to hear someone else doing the intro to the show. So uh, <laughs> um, that's ah. always that's always nice to see how different people put a different spin on things. So uh, well done, you. Um, it's uh, it's it's good to be here and just to yeah just to have a little bit of a general natter and a chat up on all a uh, chat up no chat around all things. Hey hey in hey! It's engagement. not that
1: kind of show, Joe.
0: <laughs> it's a family show, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. you.
0: <laughs> I I need to, you know, full disclosure and all that, um, brain may be a bit foggy. Uh, because I only flew back from the Southern Hemisphere yesterday uh, at the crack of dawn, having sort of flown all night um, and what seemed like an eternity the day before. So feeling a bit jet lagged, having had a a trip down to Australia to visit family and friends and go to family weddings and all that kind of stuff, which is all very nice. But paying the price a little bit now. uh, I was up at the crack of dawn this morning and I thought I got this jet lag thing, taped you know Um, no Mm. problem but as the day has worn on I have to say I have become slightly more foggy so if I start to talk (laughs) nonsense Andy it's your job to uh, bring me rapidly back to point and remind me what I said I was going to talk about so is that all right with you?
1: Listen two things firstly I'm sure the people listening to shows I normally host are well used to nonsense being spouted and secondly what commitment what absolutely marvelous commitment from somebody in the movement to not only have traveled off around the road to find some experiences for us but on the day back they still come on the radio show to share them amazing wonderful stuff well
0: you know it's you take cut my arm off Andy I have engaged for success (laughs) running through it like like Blackpool Rock But uh, is that not the essence of the engagement success movement? We are entirely dependent upon the efforts and time and insights and expertise of our volunteers and supporters around the country. You know, we are all doing what we do pro bono. Um, we all have day jobs. We all have, whether those day jobs are, are like you and I um, on the on the consultancy side of the fence, or whether those day jobs are the um, amazing practitioners who are working inside organisations to try and engage their people, influence their leadership to take these things seriously. Um, everybody is uh, is trying to juggle. A variety of priorities, and without everyone doing that, we, we we wouldn't have a movement. We wouldn't have a movement that's been going for over ten years now. So, you know, it's a hundred
1: percent that we thrive on the back of discretionary effort. <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> exactly. I I think whilst we've mentioned Australia, I mean I've I've never been, um, but I suspect you had your spidey senses, your in your engagement radar pinging away while you were down there any any tales of amazing or particularly awful <laughs> employee engagement experiences in your travels
0: um mm, interesting yeah well funny <laughs> enough i did funny you should ask that Mr. Yeah, funny you should ask that um it, actually i have to say it was a it was a um non-work trip but you know you can't you can't leave it behind you and I, I you don't, don't switch off mate no you don't um and and the 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 opportunities presented themselves in the weirdest and wonderfulest ways, but yeah, actually, you know there was i mean there was one there was one conversation that I was having with a um, and I, I will i will anonymize this uh, for for the to for the sake of um you know family relationships shall we say <laughs> but
1: <laughs>
0: um I was in conversation with uh, a guy who's actually getting close to Close to, you know, he could retire um, if he wanted to. Um, he's done a number of jobs, but he's he's keeping his hand in, working for a family-run business, and he works four days a week, and he works in their facility, workshop facility, for for the a, a family-run SME who are very successful in inter- interior fit-outs in
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, residential and commercial buildings. So kitchens bathrooms that kind of thing and he works in the sort of fabrication area but he doesn't have to do it he does it because he he's mates with the family and he, he wants to keep his hand in and he he just kind of got chatting to me and he said well what would you do about this problem that we've got then joe and he he explained to me that he um he will go into, he should start work at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm. That's when the fabrication unit starts work at seven o'clock. And those people who work in that unit, and it's not huge as, you know, a few of them, um, they have their, what they call, what they beautifully call in Australia. And if you've not been to Australia, Andy, you've missed a treat because everything, everything gets shortened and everything has an O on the end of it. So they have their smoko um, uh. breaks are their diarized time slot where people can stop working in the fabrication unit and go off outside for a quick smoke. Right. Classic Australian, we need a smoke diarized or scheduled two smoke breaks um, in in the course of the working day. Uh, However, this guy talking to me was explaining uh, the predicament that he faces at work. And this is quite interesting. This predicament summarized, I don't know, about five different themes for me. Which, okay. which all came through in this conversation, so the, there was a, there was something around how how people in organizations will copy the behaviors of people they perceive to be their leaders, how people will copy the behaviors of those they seem to they think are more senior more experienced than them, uh, yep. and we know this to be the case you know we Absolutely. Copy behaviors um, it also crystallized for me the still rev- still prevalent culture that exists in organizations of command and control yeah, um, even though you know we we talk a lot about how we we, we need to move away from that, uh, so that came through in it as well. The other thing that came through in it was um, the mistaken belief by employers that actually that they they're paying people to be present for a period of time. Rather than thinking about what it is that people are doing in the time that they are at work, and
1: yeah.
0: you know what you know, I'm paying you to be there from nine to five thirty. Ergo, I pay you from nine to five thirty. But actually, what do you do in that nine to five thirty, so that whole sort of presenteeism thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it also brought up the, the different um, expectations and. Um, motivations of different generations in the workplace and how people of a certain age, and I include myself in that, often have a different take on what it means to go to work compared to the Gen Y and um, Gen Z, particularly Gen Z, coming up. Um, And it also reminded me of the um, the whole... um, Autonomy, mastery, and purpose
1: thing
0: um, of damping, and all of those things came through with this one problem. Wow! Uh, So what was that problem? What was the problem? um, Well, the problem was that my uh, the guy who was talking to me and who has the challenge. They all start work at seven. He gets there at six o'clock and starts work at six o'clock in order. To, know, to allow himself to take additional smokos outside of the scheduled smoko allocation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem that had now arisen was that the younger members of the workforce were seeing that he was taking additional smokos outside of the allocated smoko slot and were copying his behavior. Uh. However, they weren't turning up at six in the morning and doing an extra hour on the clock before taking these extra smoke breaks. You can see the problem. Yeah. So, owners of the company talked to the guy who's talking to me. So, you're going to have to do something about this because they're copying you. Explain to them what you do. And that will solve the problem.
1: Oh, and, dear.
0: And I said, no, it, it, it won't solve the problem. You're trying to solve the wrong problem you know you are seeing younger younger people seeing you doing what you're doing thinking that that's the way to do it thinking oh well, if he can do it I can do it that whole thing about equity and fairness yep. you know he's doing it so why can't I um,
1: the actions of others give permission for everybody else it, yeah
0: exactly so so there was that um i said no you you're trying to you're trying to adopt the you know you're trying to solve the wrong problem here um he said, "Well, I need to just go and explain to them, don't I, that I get in at six o'clock, and that gives me permission, that gives me extra time on the clock to enable me to take extra smoke breaks." And I said, "Well, not really." I said, "That's part of the maybe, but I said that's not really the thing that's the issue here. What you've actually, what you actually need to be thinking about is, you know, do we really need to? We need to be thinking about what it is people are doing in that time, and if we can." Think about giving people a better sense of autonomy for what they do and a little bit of sense more of mastery over what they do and a sense of shared purpose about why they're there and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. And actually, rather than saying to people, actually, all we're interested in is the time you are present in our premises, not the quality or timeliness of what it is you were doing in those, in those hours that you're there, then you're, you're kind of missing the point of the whole Gen Z in the workplace thing. And uh, you need to actually forego this whole command and control, do as I say, kind of approach to life, and actually start to think about involving those more junior people in understanding better what they're doing, why they're there, Get some kind of sense of ownership amongst them of what the role that they're performing and how that contributes to the bigger picture, and how that contributes to you know Mrs. Goggin's getting her bathroom fitments made on time and installed correctly, Um, and you know start asking the right questions rather than trying to solve the trying to solve the wrong problem. Does that make any sense? I feel like total total sense
1: to me. I think that's a really nice practical um, story to try and get behind bigger to some people ethereal concepts of things like purpose. Um yeah. because if you only focus on time, don't be surprised if that's all the workers focus on.
0: Ooh. Ooh. You know,
1: if you're not if we're not talking about why we're here and what the output should be and what we're looking to do whilst we're here, then they're not going to focus on those things. And and the no. re- irony is that's what we want people to focus on. Yeah. Um but we get caught up in all of the kind of these processes and guardrails and systems to try and keep order when that's not working today yeah um, i mean it was it, a, you it, know it's it's
0: a very, yeah it, it's a very it was clearly quite a kind of radical thing to to, to suggest um it, it was very much a sense of you know we need to tell people that they need to be there on time and they need to start work on time and they are only allowed to have a smoko in these particular slots well no, you know, they're not robots. You don't need, it wasn't like it was an automated production line, you know, and even in that case, it, really, we shouldn't be treating people like robots. You no. know, it was much, there was huge scope for actually changing the dialogue and changing the nature of the conversation. But what was also interesting was that the leaders of the organizer, or the owners of the company, because it was only a, an SME, a small, a small SME. Mm. I don't mean only, mm. I didn't mean only an SME. No, I, mean I know what you mean. Only, only a small yeah. SME. Um, was that they actually came to my my uh, relative, uh, at, who isn't even an employee, who's actually a contractor, and told him he created the situation by having his extra smoko's, and he said so he needed to sort it out with all these younger younger kids.
1: We love and, a bit of abdication, don't we? In engagement, you know, that's
0: great. That's great leadership. I thought to myself. <laughs> anyway, I I made some suggestions. I tried to kind of encourage the thinking. But again, why? Why was I bothering to do that? Really, because he was just a contractor anyway. But it, it was—it crystallised so many different things for me. I thought it was really, really interesting. I mean, it was obviously all—all all oiled um, extremely well by um, copious quantities of Australian Shiraz and Cab Sav. Um, ah. And uh, you know that sort of oiled the wheels of the debate and conversation. But it—you know—it was quite an interesting, cool example um, of how you, you know, how these things pan out in, in the real world rather than I've sometimes...
1: T- Absolutely, that's what I said. I think, I think it's a great practical um, story about something that's a lot bigger and, and gets yeah. to the heart of, really, if we want engagement, it's not going to come through processes and SMOKOs. It's, yeah. it's going to come through uh, how people feel about what they do and being able to connect you know their efforts yeah. to an end yeah. result. Um,
0: yeah.
1: How interesting! How yeah,
0: it interesting. was. It was interesting. It was. It, it was. It, you know, it was. It was unexpected and uh, and interesting. Um, and uh, I I doubt anything will ever come of it. But you know, it was a. It was a. It was a nice discussion to
1: have. So. Well, uh, here's is something that's just popped into my head. Because I I, I want to ask you some other questions about some bits and pieces in a sec. But uh, I don't know whether you'll think this is linked or not. But it's popped into my my noggin. So I, I, I think we've read a fair bit over the last f- few years about uh, unlimited holidays and all this malarkey that, mm. that's been going on. And I read of another uh, US-based uh, tech company, as they tend to be, who's who's now paying their people seven and a half thousand dollars to go on holiday off the grid. Okay. Um they're now they're now paying people to completely disconnect from work, prove that they've completely disconnected and all that malarkey. But I'm just listening to the story that you've just told about, you know, control and process as opposed to purpose. And initially, you could think about this seven and a half thousand dollars being paid to go on holiday as a, oh, they've really listened to the workforce and everything else. But I don't know. I wonder whether it is a, a bit of a gimmick as opposed to an engagement thing. And is it? a control thing even though it's trying to come from the right place about oh please 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 when you go on holiday go on holiday i don't know what do you think what do you think about that whole paying people seven and a half thousand dollars to go on holiday and disconnect
0: I mean, it's weird isn't it i i mean you kind of wonder why it's well especially there's a couple of things that occur to me as i'm listening to that story, and I'm, I'm not sure my brain's working quite as fast as I would like it to, so let me, you know, bear with me. So so one, well, maybe they've asked their people, maybe, maybe. they have applied maybe. enabler number three of employee engagement, and they have listened to employee voice, and this is something that their people have indicated would appeal. Uh, and in that case, then oh um, really. Um, mm. On the other, but then even that, if, even so, one wonders why it's a separate. I'll pay you seven and a half thousand dollars to go on holiday and disconnect. Why don't they just add seven and a half thousand dollars to everyone's annual salary, and say that you know everyone has the right and will be encouraged to take X amount of time off, and we will you know, and not to be. Um, online during that time mm. why, why is it being done as a here you are if if you go on holiday for x number of weeks and don't connect we'll give you seven and a half thousand it seems an odd way to do it i mean yeah. it could be helping to attract talent in a an incredibly competitive i think that's yeah
1: i see that's where i no. maybe the gimmick is a bit strong but it feels like a marketing effort as it's opposed a hooky, to isn't it yeah yeah, I mean it's I mean, there's clearly a good bit in here about maybe responding to burnout and, and uh workload and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, which I you know, good. But I just I yeah, I couldn't quite connect with the paying someone seven and a half grand to prove that they've disconnected. Um, no. which then linked to what you were talking about in your last piece around, you know, too much process and control over something that I don't know. This is yeah. I just found it interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. It is interesting, and there's such a contradiction going on as well um, at the moment, though, isn't there? And this is one of the things I struggle to get my head around. You know, we 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 talk, and it and it to an extent, it's in the states as well. Cost of living crisis, uncertainty mm. of people in jobs, fear of redundancy, and yet on the other side of the equation, the war in inverted commas for talent continues. Yep um we can't get the skill we can't get the skilled labor force to do the jobs we need um and these things you know you 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 hear you read about redundancies in the tech sector in California and Silicon Valley in the US um you know the platform formerly known as Twitter um <laughs> went through massive layoffs didn't it um yeah and and others others the big ones have announced and, and are implementing similar things, um, and yet there's a tech, there's a shortage of talent that me, maybe means people paying seven and a half thousand dollars to try and attract somebody with a bit of
1: holiday and off grid. So it,
0: it's a bit of a contradiction, which I struggle to get my head around. And if I'm quite honest, whether or not I'm jet lagged or not, I struggle to get my head no, around that. No,
1: I don't think it's got anything to do with jet lag. I think we're living in a very confusing time at the moment. I think the the juxtaposition of financial pressure and maybe seemingly wanting to do the right thing, but also businesses actually being under huge pressure to react to those cost pressures is causing them to act in a certain way. So I think there's an awful lot of saying things are important, but actually deliver of it not necessarily being seen through, which is why it feels at odds, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, this, I think, segues nicely into something else I want to ask you, because uh, I, I am. I'm envious. You, you, I see you chairing an awful lot of conferences and forums and uh, engagement and culture related uh, shows. And if it's, we're talking and it's about, a real,
0: I have to say, it's a real privilege to do it. I love of it, um, I get to yeah, I hear some fabulous things straight from the horse's
1: mouth, which is which is great. So, and, and that's what I want to ask you about, really, because I mean. There's a couple of show, shows, I say shows, conferences that spring to mind, one of which I think you were at recently, The Future of Work. Yes. Um, any big takeouts from, well, let's start there. Any big takeouts from there? Anything it, that really sort of like got you thinking?
0: Yeah. Yes, there were. Um, I mean, it's funny, actually, because it was literally, that was the day before I flew out. Hmm. So um, I haven't really had a, it kind of feels like an eternity ago. Um I haven't really done the normal follow-up on all of the things that came to me from that that I would normally have done Immediately after the event, but there were hmm. there were a couple of things that that, that really really struck me actually um, I mean, David McLeod was there. He did the keynote um, at the start of the, of the day. So it was this was the engage employee future of work summit um, engage the success one of the um, sponsors and media partners for that as we are for next week's um business culture connected event which i if i get time i talk about that i'm very conscious yes that exactly. does look like a fascinating agenda minutes there. Or so
1: left um, yeah. but
0: but yeah going back to the future of work one it, it's interesting so i was as you say i was chairing that david did the keynote but before that i did um some opening remarks which i i always get asked to do and i was thinking about what are the themes that i'm expecting to see come through from the speakers at an event called Future of Work mm. Conference. And one of the things that um, I touched on was the issue of trust. Yep. Uh, and one was the issue of AI. So first of all, trust. And the Edelman Trust Barometer. Is a mm. fabulous annual survey which I'm sure Andy you've heard of, and if yes. any of our listeners haven't, I strongly recommend you look it up because it's fascinating and has been going for over twenty odd years now, and it maps trends in people's trust levels as you mm. expect from a title like that. Anyway, what's been apparent over the last couple of years is that as trust has Declined in our governments, in our media, and in social media. In terms of our competence and so on and so forth. As mm. trust has declined in those traditional institutions, trust has increased with between us as individuals and our employer. So we ah. trust our CEOs, the CEO of our company, not CEOs in business in general, as some amorphous mass, but my CEO of the company mm. I work for, trust has gone up. And they are now the you know, the most trusted um person in my life, along with people that I live live and uh
1: work alongside. So um, my so tribe kind of thing there then.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Mm. Um, almost with with it which in a way could be potentially seen as a bit worrying as we entrench into tribes more and more. more. But yeah, trust in my CEO trust in those that I work with and in terms of the comms that I trust the most, it is the comms that are published by my employer. Now that is really interesting and that puts a huge responsibility Mm -hmm. on those who are responsible for internal communication, leadership teams and internal comms practitioners, you have got a big responsibility on your shoulders because people are trusting what you're saying and you cannot afford to wow. undermine that. Because in the words of David McLeod, our dear David McLeod, engage with success, trust arrives on foot and leaves on horseback, which I yep. love that quote, and it 's so true, so you know big responsibility, so I thought that was that was an interesting thing that i I wanted to talk to people you know, thought we would hear about during the day, and then the other thing was about AI um, and before we kicked off, I, I did a little bit of a straw poll in the with the audience there, and there was um, you're a, a, it was a packed out audience at the brewery in London. Um, it was a good few hundred people there. And what I asked them to do was to uh, stand up if they had this time last year been using or had used AI tools like ChatGPT this time last yep. year. Mm-hmm. Stand up. Um, a handful of people stood up. I asked them then to stay standing, and I asked the rest, I said to everyone else, right, okay, if you have used an AI tool like ChatGPT in the last six months, uh, sorry, since then, that's right, stand up if you've used ChatGPT or something similar since a year ago, virtually the whole room
1: stood up. There you go.
0: And then I said, and that's just what I then expected to see something different. I said, right, stay standing up if you are using it regularly and sit down if you've just dabbled or are just dabbling. And, okay, a lot of people did sit down, but there was still an awful lot of people still standing, the, the, the majority, if I remember rightly. So it was very apparent that there has been an utter sea change in... The use of AI in the last twelve months, things like chat GPT particularly, um, and I was expecting to hear a lot about that during the course of the day, and it, it was really, really interesting because ninety seconds we have left available. I will, I will just say that we had the, there was a fabulous presentation on AI by a guy called Sebastian Hoff, um, mm-hmm. and he actually shared a clip on the screen of Barack Obama welcoming us all to the conference and it was personalized and it was relevant and it seemed utterly authentic and yet it wasn't it was deep fake and it was totally created by ai and the point i wanted to make was goodness if if we are trusting employee comms as the most trusted and if our ceos are the people we trust and if trust arrives on foot and leaves on horseback then the horse it could very rapidly vanish into the horizon as, uh, as, uh, as, uh, r- on the back of would be the AI tool, or the AI horse. What a
1: lovely bunch
0: of mixed metaphors there. Oh,
1: what, what wonderful stuff. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful stuff.
0: And so the, the, the challenge to the audience from Sebastian was, do you think that perhaps you need to make sure as organisations and as employers, you'll make a pledge to your people? that you will not use AI-generated content in your internal
1: employee ah, course. And I go. thought,
0: yes, you know that's a really important thing. And what a final point to leave our listeners with, Andy, because um, I've been chattering away and we're literally out of time.
1: It's a brilliant final point. I think we're going to hear a lot more about AI going forward, but I love the sentiment of uh, keeping the authenticity, the realness, if you like, of that, if that internal yeah. communication on the back of it being so important. Fantastic. Absolutely,
0: Absolutely. And I think overall the general tenet of the day was that people are involved in this, you know, they're using these tools. The Sebastian, again, coming back to him, was really surprised the extent to which we've embraced it in the UK versus America. Most people tend to think that people are using these tools much more in America, but actually we're ahead of the game in the UK in terms of usage. Um, and So that was interesting, and I think there was a general sense of and positive anticipation tempered with a bit of "we need to tread carefully." Uh, mm. Was the sort of order of the day on that one. But anyway, we've run out. More of to cancer. come on that,
1: I think. More to come on. Absolutely. Well, look, I open the show. Are you, what do you close it, and I'll learn oh, from you how you Oh, I was
0: just gonna it. I was going to bounce it back to you, Andy. All right. Well. Thank you, uh, Andy Gorham from BizJuicer and volunteer with Engage for Success for being a fabulous host today. Thank you to me for being the guest and <laughs> thank you to you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Take it easy, Joe. Bye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who
0: believe there's a better way to work.